Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, beautiful people, and welcome to Queen's Stand Up Support Network Radio. Our purpose and intention is to create a non-judgment zone of support for the leaders and those working to be the change they want to see, where we increase our awareness regarding the experiences that manifest as we navigate through this adventure we call life. Increasing awareness allows us the opportunity to choose to align with the actions necessary to manifest the desired change. You give all of you every day working to live on purpose, and now we intend to give back to you by empowering you to tune into your souls. Let us pray. Almighty divine creator, as we grow from strength to strength, we give thanks for this day and the opportunity to expand our vibration as infinite choice makers. Thank you for showing us the way of healing. We are open to receive as we continue to align ourselves with peace. May our homes and hearts be forever filled and surrounded with happiness, healthiness, love, and forgiveness as we live in the present moment, our most powerful point of being. In the name of the Father, the mother, and the child. Amen, mut, kanshu. Ashe. So let it be. Sunday to you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Queen's Stand-Up Show. Last week, we were talking about the dynamics of entrepreneurship and working at the same time, finding that balance between it all. You can listen to the show um, by visiting us at queenstandup.com and all the other shows that came on prior to today's show. Speaking of which, today's show is titled Avoiding the Charming Cheaters. 
nothing ever happens suddenly. This is one of the greatest and most challenging lessons we learn in life, awareness. When we pay close attention to life, there are always signs everywhere leading up to every experience we encounter. When it comes to love, being blind is something easy to do. And there's a chemical reason for that. You know, there's an emotional reason why um, we can be blind to love. And emotions are definitely something that you have to be intentional about because they can really take on a life of their own. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations that are not healthy for us just because we don't want to be alone. Um, We don't feel whole and complete without having another person. You know, um, we're living in survival mode. Um, Sometimes that's the the reason. So uh, it makes it difficult to you know, step out there and say, you know, I can care for myself, I am complete within myself, and I can have happiness and create happiness for myself without um, an external factor by way of another human being. However, ignoring signs of unhealthy behavior, such as someone who is a habitual cheater, can actually be worse than being lonely. Dr. Nicole Kelly knows all too well the woes of experiencing a habitual cheater, and she's taken those woes and turned them into lessons to steer anyone with ears to hear from the harmful experiences of a cheater. To tune into the show today, dial in to 929-477-2476 and press 1 to join the discussion. Welcome to the show, Dr. Nicole Kelly. How are you? Uh-oh. Here we go. So much for having me. Ah. Thanks so much for having me. Hi. Yeah, hi there. Hi there. Happy to have you. Yes. Yes. So um, tell us a little bit about your story, Nicole, and what makes you so passionate about our topic today. Well, it's an interesting story because so I'm a board-certified physician actually in hospice and geriatrics. So I'm taking care ah. of the frailest of the frail. And my favorite okay. part of being a physician is actually talking to families and patients. That's the part that gives me the most joy. The business side, unfortunately, I never really enjoyed, didn't like that part. And um, there was this very charismatic nurse who worked for me who told me mm-hmm. that she could solve all of my problems, take my business to the next level if I would just give her control of the finances and control of the billing. And at first I didn't believe her. I mean, there were red flags I should have been paying attention to, but um, I don't like the business side. So eventually she convinced me to give her control of way too much of the business side of my medical practice. And um, she also pretended to be my friend. And she was very exciting. I mean, she was the popular girl. She was the um, always something exciting group of people following her around like puppy dogs. And um, for a time, you know, she pretended that she was my friend. She kept telling me how incredibly loyal she was to me, which is a big red flag. If if you have someone who has to keep telling you how loyal of a friend they are, 
that that's a red flag because loyal friends don't need to tell you that. They show you. Oh. But while she was pretending to be my friend, she embezzled over $700,000 from my medical practice. While she was doing oh. this, she was on the Ashley Madison Cheaters website. She was dating five different married men at the same time when none of them knew about each other, including her husband. So it was a crazy time, especially when I found out about the embezzlement and I tried to sue her, but I was told due to our legal system that it was pointless. Basically, it was going to be six figures before I got to the end of the lawsuit. She would declare bankruptcy, and I would have a hollow victory. So then I wrote a book instead, and I started with a novel. And it, it, you know, this doesn't sound very enlightened, although I mean, everything's a journey and has led me to where I am now. But I started just writing down the stories that she had told me. And as I did that, I started realizing she is not like other people, that the brain chemistry for her means that she doesn't have empathy or she doesn't have a conscience, that she is a sociopathic sex addict who treats people like objects in order to manipulate them to get what she wants. And that's when I started realizing in medical school we learned about psychopaths who were people also without conscience and empathy, but they're the more extreme. They're the people that are often 25% of prisoners are psychopaths. They're more likely to be violent. They're more likely to have lower IQs. They're more likely to not have the ability to wear the mask to fit into society as well. But we don't really focus on the sociopaths, the people who have a milder case that, I mean, perhaps because they had less abuse in childhood, um, but they still had the genetic predisposition to turn out to be these people without empathy or conscience. Um, and these people often thrive, especially in Western society, where you know, stepping on the backs of others is actually considered a good thing in politics and business um, and many organizations. So that's when I really started delving into the research and realizing that most people don't even realize these type of people exist. I mean, we kind of know it on an intellectual ability, but due to our empathy, which we are not able to turn on and off, we can't imagine other people without empathy. I mean, for most of us, if we even think about hurting another person, we immediately start feeling guilty. Well, they don't do that. And there's at least one in 25 people on the sociopath spectrum, which means most of us are running into one every single day and don't even know it. So that it's really important, I mean, just as you said, that we start with awareness. And there are many signs. Mm-hmm. And lots of times the reason they're preying on you is because of insecurities within ourselves. That's the number one thing is to know yourself in order to recognize the red flags and the vulnerabilities that they're focusing on in order to manipulate you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, <clears throat> it's really interesting that you that we're talking about this today because um, I've actually been seeing the traits in so many people. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I feel like it's kind of what the way our culture is set up is to create a people who are turn off their feelings and their emotions and they put people in a survival mode. So I feel like we're mm-hmm. in the breeding grounds of this. When you put, when people are in a survival mode mindset, um, not really seeing how we're all connected 
and you know every people are out for themselves and you know they're, they're that competitive nature turns on you know because right. they feel like you know living in a um a lack state of consciousness it kind of picks people against each other and it creates a breeding ground for sociopaths exactly and that's what, what you, sociopaths want i mean the sociopaths being at the top of the food chain controlling the rest of us with empathy beneath them one of their favorite things to do is to pit us against each other and let us fight each other while we don't realize what's really happening is the sociopaths right. are right. not working while we work for them mhm 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 yeah yeah and not necessarily not working in the sense of not working you know so let's be clear like right. you know, they're not they're, no, they're no, not they're necessarily the, the they, CEOs. They do, they're the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the ones who, yeah, they rise to the top using our energy and power um, that we give over to them because they make us feel incompetent. Um, makes uh, us and I'm using that term very loosely. Um, well, I feel but, like we need them. That we need them in order to express our truth, which just isn't true. Yeah, that's 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 the the illusion that they create because of the insecurity um, that is, like you said, within us. You said that so beautifully. Uh, it's important to pay attention to because while you know, on some level, it's like there's a part of you that knows and sees some some things. You don't want to spend too much time and energy um, studying. <laughs> them because it can piss you <laughs> off after a while <laughs> truthfully yeah, it's like yeah. what once you really get it um but what a part of um narcissism is at the heart of sociopathy that, that's a great point I'm, I'm really glad you brought it up so this is something that a lot of people get hung up on but every sociopath is a narcissist not every narcissist yeah. is a sociopath but being mm. a narcissist is part of being a sociopath. It goes together. They have a superiority complex where they truly, truly believe they are better than everyone else. And if you can't recognize it, something's wrong with you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And that's actually yeah. one of the key ways to spot them, too, is that they'll flip from, I mean, the sociopath always believes that nothing is ever their fault. Um, they love to play the victim, and part of that is by pay, playing the victim, then we feel sorry for them, and then that makes us more vulnerable to manipulation. But then they'll flip, so going from the victim to all of a sudden they're back, you know, thinking that they're a god. And yeah. You can see this kind of dichotomy going on if you're paying attention, which often we're not. Yeah. And this this is an important point too, is that, I mean, people aren't duped by a sociopath because they're stupid. They're duped because they want to believe. They want to believe the illusion that the sociopath is putting forth is true. Right, right. Because ultimately what it is, is I, what I've noticed is they just want the attention. And they don't care. They, they will use whatever it, whatever it takes to get that attention, to draw you in. Because they want your, that, that attention. That's what they're craving, uh, you know. Um, one to feed off your energy. Feeding off of your energy, yeah. So it has nothing to do with ever solving a problem or it has nothing to do, you know, with 
um, how concerned they are about issues. It's only about getting that energy and, and getting the attention. So um, it's always they're about never going to. It's always right. about their the motivating self. factor yeah. is always to serve the it's, self. Whereas most of us are born wired to serve others, which doesn't mean not taking care of yourself. I mean, you can't serve others if you aren't making sure you're giving yourself enough self-care. So, I mean, understand that right. that's not mutually exclusive. But for most of us, if we spend all of our time being completely self-serving, then we start to feel bad after a while. We start to feel empty and like this isn't, we're not fulfilling our purpose. But that's not so for the sociopaths. For them, their brains are wired to serve self above all else. Yeah, yeah. And the great thing about it is like, you know, the, 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 the I mean, not the great thing, but the most trickiest part which you have to be paying attention to the pattern. You have to um, see the pattern um, because they're very good at making you, at, at, at mimicking human sympathy and making you feel, think that they care about what's going right. on. You know, so right. that's the the thing that you have to be paying attention to is, um, and and they're very good um, at, you know, um, well that's it, mimicking human behavior. So right, um, they they learn from an early age yeah. that they don't feel the same as the rest of us do, and so they learn yeah. to put on the mask. In fact, that's I developed a spotting tool called Glimpse Behind the Mask that goes into the okay. most common characteristics. It's free on my website, NicoleKellyMD.com. But oftentimes people will show you who they are if you just pay attention. And mm-hmm. in general, if you're catching somebody in multiple lies, I mean, maybe one lie, okay, maybe they're having a bad day or something. Two lies, hmm, looking a little suspicious because these people are pathological liars. If you catch someone in three lies, rather than trying to delve in, figure them out, do this, that, and the other, consider cutting your losses and getting away. This person is probably not someone that you want to have in your life if you have the choice of cutting them out. It's not always possible. I mean, if you've married this person and had kids with them or if you, you know, this is your boss, then you're going to have to figure out other techniques in order to interact with them. But part of that technique is not forgetting. So oftentimes people will realize, oh, this person is a pathological liar, but then we forget. We forget things go well for a while, and our empathetic nature is to forgive. And it, it's not a matter of forgiving, it's a matter of protecting yourself and knowing that you know, anytime this person speaks, you need to be aware and paying attention because it may not be the truth. Mhm. Mhm. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's really cool. Um, you know, a really important point actually is that that you learn how to protect yourself, you know. Um, it's easy to want to believe. You know, and that's the thing that happens to us, because you said that we have that empathetic nature. We want to believe um, that people have the ability to, to feel, especially certain people if we're close to them. You know, we want to believe that they've changed. We want to believe that they finally um, have our best interests in heart, you know, that they're thinking about um, our well-being. But if they're not even aware that they have this, this um, trait, um, and they haven't taken any steps and, and um, are, you know, really be ready to be honest with themselves about this characteristic that they have had and been exhibiting for however long, like you said, since they were children, it's best to stay, you know, steer clear of that. Because if they haven't done the work, um, they haven't changed. 
They just either get well, better it, at disclose, at, yeah, at hiding it. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it in reality, I mean, a true sociopath or psychopath, I mean, once they reach adulthood, there is no cure. This is how their really? minds are wired. They've done functional MRIs, PET scans, EEG scans that, that show that their brains don't work like ours do. I mean, they've done interesting studies where even words don't register the same. Like for empathetic people, if we hear the word rape or cancer, then through our brain it goes through an emotional response. But for a sociopath, when they hear those words, it's like they heard the word curtain or floor. There is no emotional component to it because their brains are fundamentally different. So in a lot of ways it's not a matter of – evil versus good it's a matter of difference and accepting the reality of the difference and interacting with them in a different way but this can't happen unless we're aware they exist wow so tell us a little bit about the system that you mentioned you said it's on your website so that we can identify yes a glimpse behind the mask a glimpse behind that has the 20 most common um characteristics that the sociopaths and psychopaths have. So, um, I mean, basically they are pathological liars who never feel any guilt or remorse, which, I mean, it makes sense that especially in Western society, and there are more in Western society than Eastern society, probably in part because the environment fosters it. Um, But imagine how far people can go if you never feel guilty for all the people that you hurt. Oftentimes, yeah. um, there's infidelity because, I mean, they, they kind of serve the self, so anything that they want, then they go after, and then they lie about it. And they'll lie, I mean, they'll be caught in bed with another person and still lie about it. They'll try to make you think you're crazy. They'll gaslight you and make you question your own sanity, your own eyes. I mean, what's going on? Because they have a sexopath love cycle where um, – The first phase is absolutely amazing. I mean, it is better than you can imagine. You feel like you have met your soulmate. That's a big red flag. If you meet somebody and, you know, almost immediately they seem like the perfect person for you, Um, it's better than you could have imagined, Um, everything is great, and they'll really try to push things fast. Because, I mean, they're, they're putting on a mask. They're making an illusion just tailored to you. They ask you questions to find out what are you looking for, and then they present mm-hmm. as that perfect person. They'll, you know, they'll be contacting you with social media, with text, with phone calls. They'll be inundating you with gifts and everything you can think of that you're like, wow, I have found it. This is what they've been talking about in the movies. But it's not. It's mm-hmm. just illusion. And then the second phase starts when they've already got you on the hook. This is the devalue stage where they, it's a hot and cold stage. It's where they're basically training you for what they want you to do. So they'll be really sweet to you, but then they take it away. And then they'll be lying to you, or then they'll be putting you down, or they'll be trying to get you, um, you know, manipulated and beholden to them. Um, and it's a very interesting technique because having all the negative and then just a glimpse of positive makes you work that much harder to get the positive back. And it's because you don't know what's mm-hmm. going on, too. Like, I had my soulmate. I had it perfect. Things are going wrong, and I don't know why. What am I doing wrong? But then will come the discard phase. So when the sociopath decides they've had enough, and almost always they found someone else. 
then during the devalue stage, they made you feel jealous. They did all these things right in front of you and then told you you were crazy about it. They also will yeah. try to isolate you from all of your other friends and your family. Then they're also mm-hmm. turning people against you too by, you know, to your face, they're saying one thing, but behind your back, they're trying to make all your friends That's think you're crazy. So when they do discard you, then, you know, you're all alone. Everyone believes the sociopath. Yep, exactly. Yep. So then they just discard you without even a, you know, second glance, often in a very heartless, horrible way. And the person's left devastated. And how did I mess up my perfect soulmate? It's been very interesting talking to people about this. And um, a lot of women have realized that the one that got away, the one they're always thinking about, wow, you know, I don't know what happened, but he got away and I wish I could have held on to him or whatever. When I tell all these stories, they realize, oh, my gosh, that person was a sociopath. That's what was going on. It wasn't my fault. I mean, it is partially your fault because a lot of it is the self-work you know, the empathetic person hasn't gone through that allowed them to fall into the trap. But um, it was because the person was a sociopath presenting a mask that you didn't see through. Yeah, and they're really good at doing it. And as you said, and the reason that they're really good at doing it is because of everything that you just said. There's strength in numbers. They get the the certain people. They only really um, have on their team the people who they can pull the wool over their eyes with this. So they create right. a whole campaign, if you will, of supporters. Mm-hmm. So yep. um, your best bet is to just walk away and to step away because you're, if, you know, that's that's how they are able to thrive is because they have all these people who are supporting their nonsense. And so if, right. if you are not in a position of power to stand up against them, you have no, no win with them, you know, or with, with, they, or with proving, yeah, proving who they are. So it's best for you to just walk away um, because the right. people and who they, are on they do have a major Achilles heel. Yeah, they is, have a major Achilles heel, which is they can't tell the same lie to everybody. So oftentimes we don't talk about these things because we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed that we got conned. But if empathetic people talk to each other, I mean, if we catch someone in a lie, it may not be best to confront them because sociopaths and psychopaths can be dangerous. If you get on their bad side, Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't have Mm -hmm. empathy or thinking about families or friends to distract them. If they decide they're going to get vengeance on you, it can be bad. I mean, and and going into a fight with a sociopath is not a good idea. But talking no. to other empathetic people so that we can recognize who they are and then get, you know, our guard up is part of the way to, you know, get the power back. Yeah. So what are some other ways that you can get the power back? Um, definitely doing the self-work, knowing where mm-hmm. um, you potentially are at risk. Three strikes and you're out if you catch someone doing what you consider to be, you know, immoral things, I mean, cut them out if you can. A very important Mm -hmm. thing if you can't is to document, document, document. So if you are married to someone who's a sociopath or a psychopath, I mean, and you try to divorce them, um, they're going to try to, you know, use the kids as a pawn. I mean, you need to write down every single thing that happened. Keep a journal because their lies are potentially going to take your kids from you. 
So the more evidence you can have, the stronger you'll be in the eventual fight to get free. But the same goes in business too. So if you have a toxic boss like that, write down every single thing. Because oftentimes in the business situation, I mean, they'll go to the person above and try to make you look bad. So write everything down. That might save you in the end. So yeah, um, I think that's great. As mm-hmm. we talked about before, one of the most important things is not forgetting. Is that when um, yeah. someone is stabbed in the back? <laughs> Then we try to think, oh, they've changed. No, they haven't changed. I mean, you know, the, this person is suspect better. from here on out. I mean, yeah. Because of your, you know, yeah. giving nature, you want to believe, but don't do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't agree with you more that the, the, the most important work is the self-work. Like, you've got to... Yes you know, do your own self-work so that you are knowing how to trust yourself and trust your feelings. Because they have such strong supporters, it can make you doubt yourself. You can be like, well, is it me? What's why? If everybody else, exactly. you know, and they, is they on do board that to with them, too. why? Yeah, right. that's part of their technique is to make yes, you think you're crazy, is. to gaslight you. I mean, another important thing, too, is to question your first impressions. So it is human nature that when we meet someone, um, and these charming cheaters have made great first impressions. I mean, they're very charismatic. They say exactly the right things. They ask you questions. They seem like they're such good listeners. And um, I mean, when people meet a sociopath, the first impression is usually very favorable. And you're not going to know that they're a sociopath when you first meet them. I mean, they look like everybody else. But the key is when they show you contradicting evidence, most of us will make up excuses for them. Oh, well, that must have been just this or that. Oh, that must have, you know, no, 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 they're not really like that. They're showing you who they are. Believe it. So be able to yeah. question your first impressions. I think after a while, like once you once you're paying attention, you can you you are able to identify them. Um, I think it would um, it it becomes difficult to. Um, like you don't want to believe it, so it's just like you gotta just accept it, you know. <laughs> like it's right. not about like you you start to see it, but you there's a part of right. you that don't doesn't want to believe it, and you've got to get yourself out of survival mode because, like you said, right. they're charming and they have a lot of trinkets, bells and whistles to woo you mm-hmm. in with. So you've got to get yourself out of survival mode and mindful and and thinking and. And again, it goes back to um, strengthening your own self-esteem um, because they're gonna, they can woo you in, and then you'd be like, "Oh, okay, maybe it's not that bad," you know. But right. it, it is, it is, um, because otherwise, you're always going to be like a puppet on their string. Exactly. So you got to, yeah, you got to be very careful. Um, so you are, excuse me, oh, excuse me, you weren't. Um, um, thank you. On the end of a, a cheater in terms of being in a relationship with, you were on the end of someone who exhibited, because the, the topic today is charming cheaters, right? And um, that's mm-hmm. the name of your book, even, Charming Cheaters, Protect Yourself right. from Sociopaths, Psychopaths, and Sexopaths in Your Life. Um, tell us why you chose to name the, the book Charming Cheaters. Well, so it started with mm-hmm. I was writing the novel, 
so I wrote all of her stories down, um, fictionalized, of course, but um, when I was finishing the novel was when the Me Too movement really started picking up. And that's when I realized that I needed to write a nonfiction book explaining this because everybody's talking about, you know, gender inequality or, you know, is it power plays or what's going on, but no one was talking about the medical condition that I think has to do with a lot of, you know, Harvey Weinstein's, Bill Cosby's, what's going on here, why they're treating women like objects is because their brain chemistry is different and they're incapable of experiencing empathy and they don't have a conscience. And no one's talking about that. This is like a fundamental problem of what's going on in our world, um, both in romance and in business and in everything, but yet we're just not even aware of it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. So you wrote the you 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 feel like um, these characteristics are at the heart of the issue. Many of the predators. Of me too. Of, okay. Of, yeah. of many of yeah. Okay. But so also it's, of it's, our world too. Right. 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 Um, you say that they're not able to. Um, this is such a deep topic. You know, it's just like it. it, yeah. it, it if you when you're looking at it, you you can see how it's affecting so much of our culture. You know, exactly. th- these type of people, um, you, the percentage that you shared with us in the beginning seems a lot lower than well, there's something up to ten percent, right? Say it again. Four to ten percent. Four to ten. So one in ten. So the uh-huh. one in ten to one in twenty-five. The whole world is being controlled by four to ten percent of the population because. Yes. Oh, that's 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 pretty intense. You you mentioned yep. that they're not able to feel in the same way, but they are able to mimic feeling exactly. So they make yep. you think that they um, care. Exactly, the they're moment. very good at it, and and very, oftentimes they'll do good, good things. People get confused by that too. Oh, yeah. But I mean, they may oh, yeah. donate to surgery, you know, charities, or they may do, you know, all these type of things that seem like, oh, a good person would do that. But I mean, it's just an act. I mean, they're still fundamentally serving self. Yeah, yeah. So you see, I'm looking at your website here, um, and I, I actually put in my email address so I could get um, your guide to, you know, how to identify spotting um, the sociopath, we call it the sociopath spotting tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm looking at it now. You guys should, you know, definitely you want to go on there and take a look at it because as she just mentioned, it's not just about being in a romantic relationship with it. Even though the title of the show, it seems like it, and the text, it seems like we're talking about just being in a relationship with this person, but we're talking well, about character. Right. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because they're charming cheaters in every realm. They're charming cheaters in business, too. I mean, they're the persons that keep rising to the top because they are so charming, but yet they're cheating as they do it. They're using other people's works and claiming it's their own. I mean, they're same in sports, same in entertainment, same in, you know, journalists. I mean, these are all popular professions for sociopaths. 
Mm. They're the charming cheaters in all these realms. Yeah, and I'm looking on page 97 of your text, and there's a little caption with a lady. She's sitting there, and this, this is also about empowerment. That's why it's important for this show, because it's a, we're talking about people taking their power back, women specifically taking our power back, um, because it's because of our lack of security or you know some of our lack of security that they're able to thrive at such a level. So this is on us. Like we're creating, by not standing in our power, we're creating or giving rise to these type of people. And I'm looking at this picture in this book and this lady, she's sitting there and she's like, he's such a jerk, but I've got a job to do. I'm stuck. I feel like that's like the, 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 the cornerstone of why sociopaths are the way they are um, because the the people who they are over have that survival mindset they don't believe enough in themselves and so here she is saying you know she she identified that this person is not cool they're not nice you know but at the end of the day she's thinking about like I've got responsibilities you know I have to take care of of certain things so and and this person is, is in a sense providing for me. So I have to stay in this situation. She feels stuck. What would you say to someone like her who is, who has, you know, either perhaps children to take care of, you know, um, to look out for, who perhaps has a personality that they don't feel really secure in themselves, you know, and their ability to um, provide for themselves. They have a sense of attachment to the certain circumstance, believing that they're all, that's all that there is because of their limiting beliefs. What would you say to them? That's exactly right, because we always do have a choice. We may not see it readily, but we have the power to make the choices to create our own life. So understanding that, I mean, there are other jobs. There, there are other relationships. There are other choices we can take to get out of our current reality. And, it, you know, you may not know exactly what they may be. Maybe the first step is just getting therapy so you can see, you know, what's keeping you stuck. Why are you believing this limited belief that you don't have a choice because you always do? It may not be readily apparent, but you can live your life on purpose by choosing a different way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um you can live your life on purpose um, and you can choose a different way. And yet it may be difficult at first, because like you said, you've got to learn new things. You have to learn how to um, um, live in life differently. You know, it's going to be well, uncomfortable. And, and you got to believe too Go ahead. that you're worth mm-hmm. it, that you, that you are worth it, that you deserve to be happy and don't mm-hmm. allow anyone else to take that happiness from you. It is your right being here on this earth to make the choices that lead to a better reality for you. Yeah. I'm turning to the next page. I feel like another thing, too, would be to empower yourself. And, and while I don't want to study the, 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 the yeah. that, um, but I do feel like it definitely will piss you off enough to make you want to do a change if you learn more about you know how they maneuver. Exactly. You know, like you've got to that, get to a point where you're mad. 
that. Right. (laughs) Right. And I I definitely come from a place where, you know, I've had issues believing in the evil. You know, I want to be love and light. And um, and part of the reason Mm -hmm. I put so many pictures in the book is to to make it lighter. I mean, this is a dark subject. 65% of the population learn visually. So I put lots of little silly cartoons in to make it easier to understand. Because if you just look at the pictures in the book, you'll understand it better than you did before. But mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, accepting that, hey, this is a reality, we are not all the same, but accepting them as who they are and changing how we interact with them. That's my goal, to raise the awareness, not because, you know, we want to put them all in prisons or you know, kill them all or do anything like that, but so that we can know when we're interacting with them that what reality they're presenting may not be our own. Mm, mm, mm. I love that. I'm looking at the next page and it says manipulation. It's hard work, but someone's got to do it. Like they're cocky <laughs> as all hell. Oh, they very much. They think they're Arrogant, better than everybody else. Cocky. They think they they're better it. than everybody else. They can justify why they're better. Um, really good <laughs> at doing that. It's, right. it's insane. What's going through my mind about them to just many opportunities that you have to like encounter circumstances like this. When you look at someone, you'd be like, well, how come, why could, how can you just dismiss something so easily like that? Like, how could you just pull yourself so away? And this is the reason why a lot of times. Okay. So I'm going to ask you first, um, how, how is this type of person? Like what's, is there a, a pattern that you've identified as to how, this type of a person has evolved into being the, the 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 personality that they are. I mean, there is a theory. So, and because okay. they've actually, so I mean, it's a mixed bag, right? People who have this, and people debate whether it's disorder. We'll just say personality type. People who have this mm-hmm. personality type have a genetic disposition to be like this, but environment determines how much it's expressed. And I think that's part of the reason mm. that there's so many more in Western society than Eastern society. Um, there are also certain nutritional things that, you know, depending on whether things were scarce or not. So one theory is back when, you know, we were in small little groups and had tribes and this sort of thing, that when mm-hmm. there was a scarcity and not lots of food or whatever, then these traits would be higher because then they're the, the warriors who then go in and without a care go and destroy the other tribe and take what they have. Mm-hmm. So that's a theory on okay. why – these okay. people have always existed. They've been described for, you know, centuries. Okay. But that would be an explanation, and there's debate about that, but that kind of makes yeah. sense on why these type of people would exist. But then in our current modern society, I mean, not only do they exist, but they put a mask on and they, you know, succeed and control. Mm. Because it used to be when we yeah. were in small villages, everybody knew who these people were, okay. and they used to say in a, you know, an ancient, you know, Native American Eskimo tribe that um, people who were like this, I mean, they would go take them hunting, and then they would have an accident on the ice. That's how their tribe dealt with these type of people. And when we were in smaller societies, everyone knew who they were. But the way it is now, I mean, someone can go do some huge con job in one city. Once they get discovered, they just move somewhere else, and no one knows. 
Mm, yeah. You know, I, 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 when I think about the, the, um, the, the people that I have encountered that seem to have these traits, some of them I know, um, I, you know, know a little bit about their background. Um, some of them I know a lot about their background. And what I find common is that they did experience some level of abuse as children, but then they also experienced some, like, um, favoritism as well. Like, somebody in well, their life may have felt here's guilty the key to that about. Too. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Is that so, them describing the abuse in their childhood? So, mm-hmm. they're pathological liars. So, it's already suspect. A lot of them will lie about having a traumatic childhood because it makes you know, you feel sorry for them, makes you more vulnerable and easier to manipulate. However, Mm -hmm. this runs in families. So, you know, if this person is a sociopath, it is very likely that the parent that abused them or family member that abused them was also, you know, in this spectrum. Yeah, yeah. That's something that we always like, oh, it's because of the sad childhood. But no, there's a genetic component and don't believe everything they're telling you anyway because lots of times it tends not to be true. Like Ted Bundy, he actually had a very, you know, loving family and all this type of stuff, but it mm-hmm. didn't change him from turning into a serial killer. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm actually talking about people that I know who have, when I see this trait, I know that they have experienced some tra- trauma in their childhood, but they also experienced favoritism in their childhood yep. as well. So it was like somebody tried to compensate for um, the abuse that they felt without acknowledging it. So it's kind of like they're dealing with the pain of it, but they're kind of being like bamboozled with, yeah, okay, that happened to you, but look at how good this part of your life is. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it becomes like um, they they definitely warrant like – like you know you want to have sympathy for them for that aspect of their life but then because they also experience favoritism and maybe access to different things it kind of it warps you know it kind of warps their mentality you you get what i'm saying well that seems but it still goes back to you know genetic Mm -hmm. predisposition too because i mean everyone who's abused as a child doesn't turn out that way and, True. you know, the favoritism, too, you know, it is definitely true that, you know, people with lower access, lower socioeconomic advantages are more likely right. to end up on the psychopathic side than the sociopathic side. They're more likely to end up in right. jail rather than head of the boardroom. So right. definitely environmental concerns show how much it's going to be expressed. But they are different. I mean, their brains don't work like the rest of ours. Mm. Okay. So, okay. So there's so much to look, you know, like we really have to read your book. Like if you really want to get insight into this, because I'm sure many of you who are out there who are listening, you're probably like me, you're going through the different people in your life. <laughs> and you're like, exactly. oh, that." <laughs> But you know yep. what? I didn't have a word for it. And I think that, thank you, you know, like, exactly. it's funny because this, I didn't have right. a word for it. But you know something. Narcissism right. was actually the word that I was using a lot, um, even for a long right. time, even when I was a kid. I noticed 
And I learned that word and I was like, oh, shoot, that's what this is, you know, because right. really good at seeing patterns and, and things of that nature. Yep, exactly. But, yeah, so that was a word that I was using a lot, but now it's like, wow, this is a lot deeper. The thing that's that's really important that what you're saying is be, that is that this they can be very dangerous to our culture and our society as a, as a whole. Absolutely. But you can't you can't um, like attack them or or approach you know resolving the, or you know um, dismantling them head on because of the amount right. of power just, that they have. You. Yep. Right. It's dangerous. Yep. Um, it could be your to your detriment. So you want to be, right. you know, if 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 nothing else, you if you can find a way to to protect yourself and to, um, you know, care for yourself, that's like the best thing that you can do. Um, get yourself some therapy is the first thing that you said. What was the next thing that you said? Right. Um, I mean, another thing too is if you're in a romantic relationship with a sociopath or psychopath. The best way to get mm-hmm. out of the relationship is to let them think it's their idea. So, yeah. um, you know, doing oh, things yeah. like being oh, yeah. extra clingy, you know what I mean? Being, you know, don't take a shower, you know, do do things that are going <laughs> to make them think, okay, discard time, you know, <laughs> let me get out of this. And then that's your safest way if they feel like they have the control in ending it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, I think that's a really important thing is to give over the control. Make them feel like they have the control because just to get free. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get free. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and if there's because, increased and awareness, then mm-hmm. this power can be taken back. But this is just the state of affairs now. Mm. Okay. It seems crazy that we can't, you know, stand up for truth and, you know, what empathy and taking care of the greatest good. I mean, that's what all the words they use, but not the actions they follow. I mean, it, it, we should be able to call them out. But in this day and time, that is dangerous until there's a greater awareness. Um, I mean, just yeah. kind of a grassroots understanding of this type of people and that, no, we don't want these people to be in charge. We don't want these people controlling us. Then we could take the power back. But on an individual, one-on-one basis, if you go calling them out and saying, I know what you are, you're a sociopath, it can be dangerous for you. Yeah. So, okay. Um, You talked about, um, you know, protecting yourself, you know, um, dismantling their power. Um, It's interesting to me, though, that, on some, is it true that they do like by, um, like by giving them the power and kind of get it, putting yourself in a like a, a needy type of a state, they seem to find some kind of like a real strong sense of being able to empathy when you go into that. Like, is that why they attract people who are so insecure? Is because are they care really care? Do they really care, or they are they looking to prey no. on them? To prey, they are predators. Looking In fact, prey. they have something called a predator predatory stare, which if you see it, it's something you won't ever forget. I mean, it is like this. I mean, you know, kind of like big cat staring at you into your soul, sort of evil stare that um, is very predatory. I mean, it, it's like they're 
you know, either undressing you. I mean, it can be in circumstance, certain circumstances kind of, oh, you know, flattering. Oh, well, they like me so much. But if they're angry, then it can be very upsetting and disturbing to see. That's, I mean, they have anger fits where, um, you know, they're totally fine, and then they go into a complete fit of rage over something that's completely illogical and did not warrant that mm-hmm. outburst at all. Then a few minutes mm-hmm. later, they're completely fine. They act like it didn't happen. And so you end up walking around on eggshells, not knowing at any moment when they're going to go off the rails for no apparent reason. And they're doing this on purpose, too. I mean, sometimes it's just a fit of rage and they get angry for no reason, but they want to keep you on your toes. They want you to be afraid of them. That's part of the way they control you. So that's their ultimate goal is to is to control you, is to have the power. Yes, to it's control. All, yep. It's about control. Mm-hmm. Yep. Control and power. Do, and that's why it's such now, a big deal do, in the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. They have the power over you to force you to do things um, to please them to get what you want or need. Mm-hmm. I see. So it's definitely about the public on strength. Is there hope for them? You said yep. that if, once they get to a certain age, there's no hope they're going to be like this until they leave, until they transition. I mean, that's what, what they've found. I mean, and some kids, when um, and they're usually more on the psychopathic, you know, where they're torturing animals, making fires, doing all this type of stuff. Um, they have done interactions with kids at a younger point to try to increase the empathy. Here's part of the way they do that, too. And they don't turn out to be angels, but they're less likely to end up in jail. Um, But part of the way they do that is for sociopaths, the punishment doesn't work. The stick doesn't work because they don't care. They don't see it that way. Like they always believe they will never get caught. What works for them is the carrot, the benefit. What are they going to get, right? So what they've done with the kids is kind of try to show them how – If you follow the rules of society, it benefits you because it always comes back to the self. So rather than trying to change them into empathetic people, which is not possible, try to show them how by following the rules of society, it benefits them, the self. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do they know? Like have you talked with any psychopaths who know that they have this and are willing to? Often, Often, just like you said, people don't have a name for it. But they know they're different. <laughs> they know that they don't experience okay. things the way other people feel. Like if we see, you know, someone get their hand slammed in a door or something, I mean, lots of us can kind of, I mean, we wince and grab our hand. I mean, because we can kind of feel what the other person's feeling. But they don't really have that. I mean, um, they're they are capable of understanding what someone else is feeling. Like they can, and they're actually a lot, a lot of times better than the rest of us because we're all worrying about our, you know, families and friends and stuff, whereas a sociopath is focusing on you, evaluating everything about you so that they can assess your vulnerabilities to manipulate you. So they are good at the understanding of what your feelings are. They just can't feel them themselves. It never transfers to that part of it. They don't have the ability to actually go that extra step and feel the emotions that other people feel. Okay. So when we think about the charming cheater aspect of it, this is some like if you are if we, if we're if we're a person out there who's experiencing being in different relationships um, with people and they notice that there's a pattern that they keep attracting uh, a certain mm-hmm. type of a person, 
uh, who is not satisfied in one relationship, um, what would be your advice to them as like, because it's a lot deeper than just they, they have bad taste in men or in women. Exactly. Right. It's some, well, because some yeah. people are sociopathic magnets. They keep going through this again okay. and again and again. It's like they haven't learned the lesson yet. But one thing I've that I've learned that on your page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, one thing I've learned for sure is that there are different levels of trust. Like uh, when this first started, I was like, wow, I can't trust anybody. You know, how am I, you know, it's just a state of fear, which isn't good for me, you know. Um, But really there's a certain amount of trust that you can offer everyone. I mean, you still can be kind to strangers, help the person at the bus stop. I mean, it's not like you have to turn into this unfeeling thing. I mean, in a lot of ways, that's making you more like a sociopath. But before you let somebody get the deeper level of trust, before you let anyone have any access to you know, your pocketbook, your children, or your heart, they need to earn your trust. They need to earn that deeper level of trust, and that takes time. And one thing you'll notice is that sociopaths never give you time to feel that way. If someone is pressuring you into doing something faster than you want to do, either it's a relationship, either it's sign a contract, they probably do not have your best interest at heart. An empathetic person will understand, respect the fact that you need more time, that you're not ready. But a sociopath is going to push you. They're going to push you because all they care about is getting what they want. And the longer you have to think and figure out and you know, see who they truly are, the more likely you are to not you know, yield to their will. Mm. Okay, so that, that would be another important thing is that – so. You want to, you know, take your, you want to, if someone is trying to push you into something fast and it feels like for someone who is insecure, oh my goodness, this person really cares about me. Like they really, finally, I found someone who is going to give me the attention I've been looking for, you know, that's how you become like a a victim in their, you know, in their web. And so, you know, and a lot of people, I mean, it, you know, this seems self-evident and people may just think it's being prudish, but waiting to be intimate is in your own best interest. Once you're intimate with someone, just like you mentioned before, a whole bunch of other, you know, crazy happy pheromones and hormones start being released and your ability to be logical and evaluate the situation as it truly is, is often lost. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the person who is magnetic for this, you know, who um, they're not paying attention, obviously. That's one of the things. They're not paying attention. Um, exactly. What are some other reasons well, I mean, why? We're, I mean, by knowing yourself, too, then you can see when they're pushing the buttons that, you know, when they're using the places where you're most vulnerable um, in order to gain control. But see, if you've gone through therapy and you actually know yourself, then mm-hmm. they can't do that. Those buttons won't be available for them to push because you already know about them. And you can see as they do it in real time, oh, look at this. You know, they're acting this way. Another thing, too, is so oftentimes the way they'll do it is they'll come up to you and they'll tell you this really personal story about themselves. Um, oftentimes it's totally a lie, just completely fiction. But they tell you mm-hmm. this story about themselves 
so that you feel, oh, wow, I can trust this person. And then you tell I mean, a story that you normally would not tell someone you just met, but they're collecting data about you in order to – they're like, oh, she wants this. There's this problem. There's, And they've studied lots of people. They've actually – sociopaths are one of the one personality you know, types that, that therapy makes them worse, especially group therapy because they go into group therapy and they listen to everybody talk and they figure out better ways to manipulate people. Then they learn the lingo mm. too so that they sound all smart using their lingo to – Figure out how to push people's buttons. Mm, mm. And that's kind of the so difference like of the sociopath and the narcissist too. Is lots of times narcissists okay. um, do have empathy, right? They actually okay. will present to therapy because they're upset that they have pushed everybody away because of their super ego. So okay. um, for them, it actually is a detriment, and they're unhappy with the fact that their narcissism has pushed everyone away. But a sociopath doesn't feel that way. A sociopath doesn't present to therapy unless the court makes them. A sociopath, if you, you know, if they push you away or you don't like them because of their big ego, they don't care. They think that means that you are just not enlightened enough to realize how great they are. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It's not funny, but it's yeah. funny the way you say it. The way you just said it. Like, you just yep. don't know. I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they do. They believe they are like a god. It's just this, oh you know, and they think laws don't apply to them, too. So, I mean, for them, wow. you know, laws and rules are only, you know, they they apply to everybody else. If someone else breaks a law, oh, they will just be up on their, you know, high horse going off about they broke this law, this rule, or whatever. But if they don't like a rule... They go, you know, around it. I mean, this is part of the reason that there's so many politicians. I mean, a politician is a sociopath until proven otherwise. Yeah. Because, of course, they want to yeah. make the rules. They're making the rules to benefit yeah. themselves. That's what a sociopath does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty intense. Wow. Dr. Nicole Kelly, we have talked to the top of the hour. I didn't even know it. Like, the time <laughs> just completely oh, wow. escaped on <laughs> us here. It's 10 o'clock. Can you believe this? Wow. And I'm sitting here, I'm looking, your book is absolutely amazing. So like for me, like I would recommend that someone pick up this book, um, Charming Cheaters, Protect Yourself from Sociopaths, Psychopaths, and Sexopaths in your life, because this book breaks it down for you. And so it's, it's so clear, you know, I'm looking at the, the thing that you just mentioned. It says, um, in, on page 65, vulnerable impact are they're easy prey when when a when a um a sexopath or a psychopath when they see you know your the thing that's your strength and that's like even your your gift is what they're looking for so you really have to be you know protect yourself in so many different ways trust your own self and i think one of the best things that i took away from this discussion is that if you just stay true to yourself right going at your pace being authentic trusting that how you feel um, and tr- and and allowing things to grab, you know, go at a natural pace, you'll be able to um, weed weed them out because their attention span is really short. You know, like they they're, they're right. in it to they're like, you know, they want to come in and, and conquer it quickly. If it's something that has to take time, you know, if you if you're exactly. looking to pursue something that's really of substance, they're not going to be able to hang in there. You know, um, right. so they, want easy they usually 
they want easy prey. So they usually attack people who will cling on really quickly, um, who will buy into their story really quickly, and then so that they can do, you know, t- um, make advantage of, take advantage of, um, of you like that. So I think the most important thing that you said that was, has been really helpful for me too in my life is to get to know yourself, to become an expert on yourself and to know your insecurities and your vulnerabilities so that people can't use it against you. You become your own best friend. Um, and, and, exactly. And, I and think, to know your yeah. own self-worth, you, you deserve yeah. better. Yeah. Um, I want to close this out because my mom took the time to actually, um, you know, share her thoughts on this. So I don't want to end the show without sharing that. Um, so if you could just, everybody just hold on a few moments that we're going to listen to Miss Sandra's moment of power. Um, and then we'll come back and get a few tips from Dr. Nicole Kelly um, as we close out. Okay. So sit tight. We're going to just go right into it. No intro. Good morning, Queens and Kings. Avoiding charming cheaters. Charming cheetahs come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. We can't always spot them because, for the most part, they don't stand out in the crowd. They are smooth talkers and usually make you feel comfortable with conversations. We all love to engage one another in conversations, especially if you are a new person to the job, new to the group, and making small talk is very helpful. And so we might let our guard down. With so much going on today, we need to be mindful of our surroundings and body language. What can start out as an easy conversation could very well take us into some uncharted territory. The innocent person in us are not thinking that someone is trying to convince you for a phone number, an address, what kind of car you drive, a description of family members, and the list goes on and on and on. It is best to be on guard, especially if you are out social drinking. Not saying not to enjoy yourself and meet new people, but always, if possible, stick with the buddy. You can always let someone know where you will be going and stay in contact with your buddy, especially via text. If you feel sense the conversation is going sideways and starting to shift, it is possible for you to make an early exit better safe than sorry, and we all know people who repeatedly and willfully make bad choices and always seem to skirt the natural consequences. Cheaters never prosper, as it says in Psalms 50. Justice comes in more specific ways other than general karma. Be blessed and happy Sunday to all. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mom. I think that was really good. One of the things that she said was just, mm-hmm. you know, stick with your buddy. You know, like mm-hmm. that's a huge thing. If you know that you are one of those really empathic people and you know this about you, like don't beat yourself up about this. The fact that you have been, you know, um, victimized by or, you know, subject to um, their toy or, I mean, you know, their, their, their game, you know. Um, because it's just, yeah. it's become very common, you know, it, they, yeah. they're listen, really listen good to at your buddy. You. Listen yeah, to your buddy. Oftentimes That's the buddy right. will be telling That's you something's up with this person, but it feels so good to you. You don't want to listen. That happens all the time. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I love that. That part was so important, too, because, like, even if, like, just just be on guard. Like she said, like, just be paying attention. If, you're, if you don't, if you're not, you know, you, you're still feeling this way because, you know, they've wooed you and you've been craving for this experience, that's also a chemical thing that's going on inside of you, mm-hmm. right? Your dopamine is being raised because yep. you're connected with this person who is giving you this attention that you may not um, have gotten from before. I know this story all too well. You know, but the key to it is that you do your work, you know, you um, take your time, step back. So if your buddy says, no, I, I see something about this individual, you don't have to completely just cut them off, but just be paying attention and allow things mm-hmm. to slow things down you know, so that you can see if your buddy is right, Right. you know, so don't discard someone who you know is in in your life and has your best interest at heart. You know, it's it's happened so many times to people where they have someone who's down for them in their life. And then there's someone who just comes into their lives and they dismiss the person who has always had their back. You know, exactly. Um, That's, that's something that, you know, we often do when we're, you know, that, Mm-hmm. Um, subject to these type of predators. So, yeah, uh, Dr. Nicole Kelly, this was an amazing show, obviously, because the time just went away from us. There's so much <laughs> that we could have continued to talk about. Your book is absolutely amazing. If you are on the line and you don't know, like, if you're con- still confused about um, what we're talking about or how to identify uh, a predator or, you know, or someone because, you know, you're so super vulnerable. You want to get this book, Charming Cheaters, Dr. Nicole Kelly. I mean, and read it. To, I, I feel like this is like one of those guide books that you can just use as a reference, you know, when, when you're trying to keep it in your purse. Right, right. Okay, it's, it's kind of, oh, it's it's kind of big. I wanted, you, might, you can't keep I it in like, your purse, but that's <laughs> For any of your listeners, um, if they do buy Charming Cheaters, if they go to my website, NicoleKellyMD.com, they can get a download of the novel that I wrote originally, which is written first person by a sociopathic sex addict. I mean, this is truly how she thinks, which I think can be so helpful to the rest of us in understanding by getting inside their mind to help us prevent being taken advantage of in the future. Oh, I would like to read that book too. So I already have yes, the Charming Cheaters book. I got to figure out. So you can I, okay, have, we'll have to. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Share with me it's, how it's I get on the, the other one. It's on the website? Oh, okay. So I can just download it. on the website. It. Free book. Yep. Nicole book. Kelly MD. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nicole Kelly MD. Well, thank you, Nicole. Are there any um, takeaways that you would like to leave us with today? Well, understand that not everyone thinks like you do. And to assume otherwise can be dangerous. Ooh, powerful. We're going to leave it at that. Thank you so much, Dr. Nicole Kelly, once again for coming on. Um, All of those who are out there in our community, protect yourself. Love yourself. Become your own best friend because that is so um, vital into your ability to uh, avoid people who don't have your best interests at heart. So, yeah, be your own best friend. Have a great day. Be well. Today's show was such a blessing. Join us next Sunday. I'm sorry. That is not actually the the right um, one. Okay, so here we go. (laughs) Today's show was such a blessing. 
Join us next Sunday, May 26th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we discuss healing the scars. Our guest hosts will be Catherine Wyatt Morley and Jalon Welsh Cole. You can learn more about them at their website at www.educatingwomen.org. Until next time and always, beautiful people, be blessed and queens, stand up. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.